Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host Yash Thakur and today we are here to discuss Real Madrid's game against Deportivo Alaves in in the Liga F and this was a midweek game, a pretty odd one, but since we have played the Super Cup uh, last weekend, I think that was one of the reasons this had to be put in in the midweek and so to break down the game today with me i have kanita as always and before we get into looking at stuff from the game like lineups and the usual stuff where we break down everything that happened on the pitch how are you doing kanita hey once again <laughs> well we are, this podcast is going out a bit late and this time is uh, because of me because well uh, blame it on my university. I'm in the middle of my exams. So yeah, this time the podcast is late because of me. So yeah, sorry about that. And yeah, what I mean, we can just go on with the game. I, well, I'm feeling pretty confused about the game. So yeah, let's just discuss it. Yeah, all right. So let's get into the game. So let's begin by looking at the lineup. So first of all, like when when the when the lineups came out it it was a back three like it 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 was pretty clear that we were going for a back three unless like uh toril wanted to throw in ivana at right back once again which didn't seem like the best choice so the initial impression when when the team sheet came out it was that yeah we were we were going with a back three uh, a 352 i'll quickly go through the lineup it was misain goal Ivana, Sousa and Rocio as the three centre-backs. Then we had a line of four with Atenea, Maite, Tere and Olga. Then we're playing behind Esther and Naikari. Well, to be fair, like it was, mo- it was more of that Maite and Weir both had a sort of free role. And up front, like it was Esther and Naikari. So that uh, duo or that dynamic was something to look forward to. Apart from that, I don't think like there's anything else where we can like debate where any position is up for debate because the midfield three of Tere Maite Weir initially as soon as you saw you the first thought is okay this is probably going to be a lot of control, a lot of line breaking passes, a lot of verticality and very very sound in attacking possession like uh, having the ball in the final third we will have a lot of We'll see a lot, a lot more quality uh, in that aspect and in chance creation. But apart from that, like I don't have any other thoughts. The only interesting thing to look forward to for me was how Esther and Naikari performed together. Like what sort of dynamic that that turns out to be. But yeah, any any thoughts that you have when you saw the team sheet? What were your initial impressions, Kanita? Well, pretty much what you said, like standard thing. Uh, it was uh, also very expected to have a back free um, in this game. Uh, nothing weird, and it was a, it was a very very offensive lineup. Not just because we had a back free. It's uh, because well, aside from uh, having two natural strikers, we had the Senna and Kari. We also had Might and Weir with them, and uh, that is very offensive. So I was definitely looking forward to seeing how that goes. And yeah, definitely the main subject when we saw the lineup uh, was 
the Astana Icaridua and how they will work because they hadn't started since the well since last season they hadn't started together so this was a new thing this season and yeah yeah so like like I said as well it wasn't there weren't many surprises in terms of like three five two. And the game itself was pretty straightforward, if I could say that. Like there wasn't much, there wasn't a lot of like complicated stuff or a very uh, nuanced tactical stuff going on on the pitch as well. The game began, and we have discussed this a lot that the benefits that three five two has, the way it helps us solve some of the st- uh, problems that we have in uh, chance creation. From open play, it helps us occupy the opposition backline a lot better. It helps us uh, like have a lot of bodies up front in between the lines as well. We can have two midfielders. We can have one player to play the wall pass with in terms of a striker dropping in or maybe we are playing that role. So we have we have discussed this a lot of times, the, the benefits that come with playing a 3-5-2. And as soon as the game began, we saw some uh, initial like impetus from Real Madrid to try and uh, break the lines. There were some very good wide triangular combination forming on the pitch that were that are like typical of uh, this formation. But in the in the fourth minute, like the game began in the fourth minute, uh, Alaves get a free kick, and immediately like Misa is called into action. I guess that free kick. The free kick was taken by Miriam, their their captain, and it was it was aimed for the uh, heart of the box. It missed the header, but it called Misa into action because it was going to sneak in uh, if Misa wasn't involved there. And Misa was quick to react to it. She managed to put it away. But once again, we were seeing something that we have seen throughout the season and even in seasons before. We were seeing that how set pieces and corner routines are the bane of our existence like we will when as we break down the game further we will note how they actually managed to hurt us using a corner as well but yeah i mean it's just it's again the regular stuff that keeps on happening where we are unable to defend uh, bodies in term uh, from set piece situation and from corner situation so yeah i mean there wasn't much but and then following that free kick i think what we saw what i noticed a lot was we were very aggressive with the positioning of our backline we had ivana and we had rocio push really high up and we tried to suffocate them in their own half and try to create multiple chances from it and in the 14th minute we finally managed to find find a breakthrough with Athenea on the right, picking up the ball, twisting and turning, creating space for herself to put the ball in. She manages to get a lofted cross in, in the box. And while it's not uh, really very accurate, Caroline Weir, being Caroline Weir, she brings it under control and puts it away into the uh, into the corner. And it's Real Madrid in the lead in the 14th minute, thanks to some good work down the right by Athenea to generate the space initially to get the cross in and then by Caroline Weir inside the box where she showed her calmness and uh, how collected she is to put the ball away 
uh, into the back of the net. So that was the first goal. And I'll let you speak on this about what you thought of the opening 14-15 minutes. What were your impressions? How were we playing? Anything you noted from the sort of setup? And what did you think about our weaknesses from set pieces? Uh, well, up until this goal, it was uh, actually very chaotic on both sides. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, from that, it all started from that fourth minute uh, free kick from Alaves. Uh, and that, like that was the first chance of the game and it was by Alaves. So um, then in the same minute, like um, a few seconds later on the other side, I don't know, Weir tries a chip, some, something, I don't know, it's um, the goalkeeper catches it. I think it's countered as a shot on target. Then two minutes later, there's another scare on our side. Uh, but it was uh, Misa against, uh, now I didn't note who, but it was against uh, an LFS player. And basically she tried to trip it over Misa, but Misa uh, went out of the box and um, just uh, touched it with, you know, uh, just uh, bounced it off her head. And that could have ended badly uh, if it didn't also bounce off the Alavis's, um player's um, hand. So it was called handball, but uh, if it wasn't a hand, then uh, she could have stolen that ball easily and went around me. So, so uh, that's another <laughs> that's another scare. And then a minute later, there's a penalty shout on Esther. She fouls in the box. I don't know if it... I've replayed it a few times. It was... I don't know. I don't think it's um, enough for a clear penalty or anything. I mean, I, I can't I can't complain. I, I don't even care. So there's an Olga long shot then in the 10th minute as well. It was, um, it was from the side. It wasn't really much dangerous. It was more of her testing the goalkeeper and... <laughs> And there was also a corner we took in the 11th minute and instead um, got a header attempt and it went just wide. So there's that. And then there's the goal. <laughs> so indeed, a lot of uh, interesting stuff happening in the first uh, 14 minutes. And you know what? I'm not complaining. I am definitely not complaining. Um both sides being very chaotic, uh, us getting these little heart attacks uh, with Misa, which is normal <laughs> at this point. Uh, a typical Real Madrid game, if you ask me. Uh, and yeah, it's actually, <laughs> I mean, okay, I want, um, well, I don't know how much of a spoiler is it because uh, you probably all know the goals uh, already but uh, this is uh, this involvement of Atenea in this first goal uh, it actually well runs through the whole game uh, like this with all the goals so uh, good start to it and uh, even though it wasn't a it didn't land directly off uh, to uh, Weir's feet it's actually um, their defender failed to control it, I think, and then we just took it and controlled it herself to shoot it in. So it was, like you said, we are being weird. So, yeah, 1-0, uh, 
uh, after 14 minutes of great fun. Yeah, so the overarching, the overarching theme of Athena being involved in all three goals uh, is something that uh, we will discuss as, as we move on uh, forwards. But after this point, in the 18th minute, we had we had a Maite shot coming from a similar pattern of play from the right-hand side where the ball is played uh, towards the center of the box. And uh, she Maite is like, I think she's charging from outside the box. Then, then something like really, really interesting happened and it brings us to, it leads us into a discussion that we have had before on this podcast, but I think it's worth reiterating. In the 21st minute, Teresa receives the ball uh, in the midfield. She nicely opens up her body, trying to decoy, uh, like trying to set up a decoy where it looks like she is going to play the ball out wide towards the flank. But instead, she plays a line-breaking pass to Esther. If I'm not wrong, it's it's a great pass. It it breaks two lines their midfield line and their defensive line and finds uh, manages to find Esther in a very good situation. And this is what I, like, when I first saw the pass live, it was like, I was like, my jaw dropped. I was like, wow, this is, this is really nice. And this is what Teresa is able to add, not just without the ball, with her defensive abilities, but also on the ball. We see that clear quality from her, where she is able to deceive players, to throw in a decoy when she gets on the ball and to play these sort of line breaking passes with it. These are valuable passes because this immediately puts your team in a very dangerous position into the box and into and around the box where like you have now bypassed the opposition's midfield and defensive lines with just one single pass and that's that's really really valuable I think. So yeah I mean that, that moment I think is worth uh, highlighting because this is why we have been so adamant on Teresa being the starting like defensive midfielder or the one player that is really really suited for playing the defensive uh, uh, defensive pivot role because a she is physical she is good on the ball and she can add this sort of quality on the ball from open play and has a really wicked foot to take shots from range plus she has dead balls uh, dead ball deliveries and direct free kicks in her arsenal as well so it's it's a it's a player that can offer us a lot in terms of the way we want to play and in terms of the remaining profiles that we have in, in the squad so i think like teresa deserves a shout again she has been she has played uh, well every time she has been put on the pitch i think so yeah i mean it's it's a, it it was a really nice moment i feel and I'll I'll let you speak on that. What you th- what you thought of Teresa in that moment? Did you notice that moment? And what did you think? What what do you think of Teresa moving forwards and how we should probably be using her and and stuff like that? Uh yeah, just to add on that <laughs> quickly, just to add on that eighteenth uh, minute thing. It was a side pass by Esther to Maite. It was a pretty neat um pretty neat pass so I remember it very clearly and I wanted to add that it was by Esther and yeah well about Tere uh, so here's the thing um when when I 
see her um uh, well on a position that's not uh you know deep down uh when she makes these forward passes they're usually too quick for anyone to catch it like no matter who are you and like if it's fella or atanea like those are our fastest two players and they still can't reach them you know those balls and especially if it's to the striker then they're even slower and that's even more impossible so if if Tere is usually a bit higher up and she make a, makes a forward uh, forward pass that's likely not going to result in an assist you know because no one's going to get it but but uh i love i love her i love seeing her uh in this role as a deepest midfielder and i think uh, i think most people <laughs> love seeing seeing her there uh we have also gotten used to it and i think i think to these passes like that she makes are perfect to make from there like she found it so the, that that looked so clean and yeah of course i noticed that she said if you notice that yeah um it's actually interesting that you point uh pointed out how she uh, moved with her body and kind of tricked uh the opposing team and everything like and just um did that pass unexpectedly and yeah well that that was a that was a pass that was well caught that was perfect uh and Esther was at the same time uh on the ball as the goalkeeper was who you know just got there in time so very good ball well really very well executed and i think that tere in the as the deepest midfielder is perfect to make these passes because she definitely can and from what i saw before and her uh ultra quick forward passes I think this is the only position she can um you know make an assist like this. So um yeah, genius. Yeah, and I think like the fact that you say the speed is often uh mistimed, I think uh, I don't think it's it, that is the case to be honest, like the weight and the timing of her passes is usually very crisp. Plus she has the range as well to uh help us while playing the deeper position she can then spread the ball out wide towards the flank in in one sweeping pass and that helps us switch play from one side to other side really quickly and then be able to attack the space that is vacant on the other side i think that is really really valuable in the way we like to attack in the way that we can try to undo the opposition defense so uh, yeah that is that and moving forward from that one very interesting thing happens in the 26th minute so alaves get a corner and corner always means trouble for real madrid like we i think we have established that uh, we have pretty much <laughs> established that now so in the 26th minute what is interesting here is uh, the routine that alaves adopted which to me like it really stuck because it was it's not something you see every day so what alaves were doing is they crowded not the far post but the area 
between the far post and the uh, six yard box that that is drawn uh, that is drawn around the uh, inside the penalty box they had players camp there like they had four players camp there they had two players on the near post two or three I, I'm not sure but the key thing was they had four players camped in the space between the far post and the edge of the uh, edge of the six yard box so that that seemed really interesting to me and the delivery was targeted towards the uh, heart of the box so these four players from from the back post area they create chaos and they try to attack the ball and it's very difficult to like keep track of everyone in that in that group they managed to peel off and they managed to get a free player and stuff and that was something like really interesting for me the corner didn't uh, result in a, a lot of trouble for us but it was something that uh, was very very interesting for me because these sort of corner routines are not uh, seen every day and uh, set pieces and corners are a big part of a team's uh, overall play because they can help you score goals out of nothing basically so so yeah i mean that that really stuck out to me uh, did you notice it and do you have anything else to add on that uh well to be honest i haven't really noticed it i um i didn't have it in my notes in the you know in the live watch or in the rewatch so i haven't noticed it interesting thing but um you, you know we also <laughs> had a had another uh, scare a minute earlier like they they chipped uh, they chipped it over Misa and luckily even uh, Ivana got it there in our box so I mean uh, in, th in those few minutes um, LFS was really uh, trying a lot and um, it, it, I I really didn't know this but I think this will um, this what you mentioned will come in very handy when we talk about what happened later in the second half so yeah so yeah i mean beyond that i think like the first half was pretty straightforward uh the thing that last time i think uh, in, in the previous season when we faced uh, alaves i remember like they were able to play through our our press they were able to bait us and they were able to use miriam's calmness on the ball and her ability to show up in the right areas and help them progress this time with the with the formation that we used what happened was they were consistently forced to go long because our front two were on their uh, two center backs during goal kicks and Weir was marking Miriam who is their deepest midfielder and then this left no option other than them trying to like play long and trying to win second balls or the first contact and that was always difficult because in the wide areas we had one of our players and one of the midfielders would again then push up there to try to collect the uh, loose second ball so it was difficult for them to try to build from from their goal kicks and that is something that we did pretty well i think trying to force them long and uh, trying to win the second balls and or the first contact and trying to cramp them in in the uh, uh, areas around the touchline so that was that was really nice but apart from that like the first half was like there didn't there wasn't much happening it was a pretty straightforward game overall like we said 
there wasn't much uh, nuanced tactical stuff that was going on so that was always there then towards the end of the first half in the 44th minute we score our second goal it's maite this time and as as kanita mentioned before this comes off a similar pattern of play again it's athenea on the right picks up the ball tries to play a ball across like a sort of a cutback it is just behind esther there and maite is making a run into the box there maite reaches it and blasts it into the back of the net that's 2-0 real madrid just before half time and having a two goal cushion going into half time is always good and we had that and it's again come from the same sort of pattern of play where athenea is doing bits on the right hand side she manages to put a ball across the goal and then we have somebody latch on to it this time it was a midfielder on rushing from the from the midfield position so it it's really nice uh, to see that and this was an like like i mentioned before as well at the start of the pod when we were discussing the first goal that this was an overarching theme throughout the game where athenea was doing bits on the right and then the ball came across across uh, in the box and we had somebody meet it uh, in in the middle so that was really nice uh, I'll I'll hand it over to you but before that like let me just go through what else happened in in the first half. So in the very next minute we have Veer making a darting run into the box and taking a shot that resulted in a side netting and apart from that there wasn't anything else that happened in the first half. So now I'll hand it over to you and I'll take your thoughts on what did you make of the second goal what did you think of anything that Maite did in that particular thing? or what did you make of athenea's performance and anything else like you can also talk about the side netting shot from veer later on in that half uh yeah well when we discussed the lineups i mentioned that <laughs> uh even on the paper it looked like a very offensive lineup and besides from you know having two natural strikers we also had my 10 veer and our two goals were by my ten year <laughs> so there's that <laughs> um but yeah i mean i don't i don't have uh, much to say about the goal um it, it was a pretty clean strike uh, she got there just in time and um atenea did there well so she finally picked up that official assist you know because the first one wasn't an assist but um you know it is in my heart <laughs> yeah that sounds corny but yeah okay uh so yeah good good to see these you know patterns working out multiple times that you know seeing that it's not just a fluke to see it working and when we're talking about atenea i actually well i actually noticed her uh doing doing stuff that she well stuff that she would usually do but in a more you know kind of clean manner you know in tidier sense because from the beginning like in the first few minutes uh i don't have really the minute noted down but i noticed her trying to make uh 
pass through the center to the striker in front and i said that that's that that that's our you know very strong weapon too if you if we manage that pass through the middle like like the one we <laughs> talked to uh, that uh Tere did uh then we can create great danger and she tried it like Atenea I have not seen Atenea trying that uh, a lot but I have seen her trying stuff like this and uh, also from the sides going up um, you know not, not trying too many things like dribbling too much so that she would use the ball she didn't do this in the past few games so she's been growing a lot and it's very um it's very good to see this because she's been uh i think that she's been getting instructions more clear instructions on what to do when she's uh about to you know enter the box or when she's about to let the ball enter the box and i'm you know it, it just you really see it on the score sheet as well, you know, uh, not not her scoring, but her picking up these assists, and this is this is what makes me very happy because the first time she actually got the ball through that like through the side with her dribbling and everything to the center of the box was, you know, in the last uh, last matches like. Um, uh, to Naikari, that was uh, her first time passing to the striker in to the center of the box, and now her still continuing this idea. I really like it, and it shows that she's growing. She's growing as a player, and I like what Toril has been doing here because it's clear that she's been getting instructions. And yeah, yeah. So definitely, like Atenea's improvement in in the sort of like getting those final balls in yes sometimes it it, it is the case uh, like you can argue that Athena's final ball is missing like she gets to the byline but the final ball is always blocked or like she isn't uh, making the right choice to release it and that is something like that can be deemed frustrating but she is still young there is still room for her to grow obviously she is not a perfect player yet she can be a difference maker from various situations but she's not a perfect player yet she's not a finished product yet and it's good that she's getting specific instructions and we are trying to uh, utilize her in a way that benefits the team as well so so yeah i mean let's let's see uh, what the future holds for her but definitely she's one of the most important players in in the in the team right now so moving on to the second half and like there wasn't much uh, to discuss in the first half i think we have covered everything moving into the second half we make a half time substitution we bring on savava for olga in uh, at half time and savava is now deployed as the left wing back a role that we have previously discussed a lot where she is able to like showcase her quality uh, a lot better where she is able to get into advanced positions a lot better where from where she can cross the ball and and do bits so yeah it was uh, it was a welcome change i think like it would be good for for them for both the players involved i think 
uh, Olga can get some rest and Savava can play in a position that really suits her. But the second half began a bit frantic. Just like the first half, it was a bit chaotic. There was uh, a lot of back and forth action. Uh, in the 46th minute itself, Alaves gave us a scare. There's a shot from outside the box by Alaves and Misa isn't able to properly collect that ball and it's scrambled in, inside the box. Anna Miren, their number 7, is on to it and it seems like it will definitely be a goal because uh, Anna Miren is quick to it and uh, Misa has scrambled it so like there was go there was a goal at her for her taking there but she skies it and we survive then immediately after that we get a free kick in the in the 48th minute where uh, Teresa from the right uh, right hand touchline plays a brilliant ball towards the heart of the box and Naikari uh, jumps to meet it plays a very good header but the header hits the crossbar so in inside like two three minutes we have had both teams get good big chances where they could have potentially converted but the scoreline still remained two nil so the game was off to off to a a sort of a chaotic start again the second half that is and this continued i feel like the the thing i mentioned with with uh, the way we were playing a very aggressive line with our defense I think that showed as well because they were um, trying to get in behind. They were trying to play the long ball over the top to uh, exploit the space because at times uh, Ivana would like push up really, really high. Like they would be beyond the half line around the 60 meter marks from our goal. And that was like really, uh, it was something that needed to be done because we were trying to suffocate them. We were trying to keep them in their own half and stuff. So it was needed that we have our backline pu uh, push along with, with the other players because otherwise there would be space to exploit in the middle between the midfielders and and the defense. So it was needed but that left space as well and they could play a long ball over the top and that is how some of the chances in the first half came about as well and even in the second half in the 68th minute again there was a very good a very good turn uh, in the build up like it was uh, it was from a break. Garazi pick up the ball, picks up the ball. The number twelve, she carries it forward a little bit, then turns and beats two of our players, and then plays a long ball in behind for Anna Miren. Now Miren is almost in a one v one situation, uh, but it's called offside. But yeah, that was something that uh, kept happening where they would like pick up the ball from the middle of the field and they will play a long ball in behind from a, uh, to exploit the space bit uh, that is left behind our wide centre backs pushing up. Yeah, that was something that uh, that happened. But as soon as this action happened in the 68th minute, the very next minute, Esther scores Real Madrid's third goal. In the 61st minute, again, it comes from a similar pattern of play. Esther picks up the ball, slides the ball through for Athenea on the right, continues to make her run. Athenea carries the ball inside the box. To the touchline, to the byline, and plays a cutback. Esther continuing her run into the box, meets the ball, and puts it away. It's Real Madrid three, and Alaves zero, and that is probably like game over for uh, for Alaves. I would like to think. And it's again like the same thing that we have been mentioning time and time again. The overarching theme of Athena being involved, and we uh, and Real Madrid uh, 
trying to utilize their right flank a lot more uh, in this way to create chances for themselves this game. That continues to happen. That goal was started by Esther and finished by Esther. So Esther gets her goal as well. She continues to uh, get goals, uh, important goals and continue to up her tally for the season. So yeah, those were the opening 15 minutes where a lot of back and forth action took place. I'll hand it over to you now and take your thoughts about what you thought of the opening 15 minutes. Did you think they were frantic? Did you, what, what did you make of it? And what did you make of the sub as well? Uh, well, about the sub, uh, you know, I I didn't think there would be a sub. Uh, it was very expected that um, there would be a halftime sub. I mean, not, not just because the, we were 2-0 up, but, you know, yeah, the team was chaotic. But, I mean, I, I don't know. What, what are you going to expect when you so oh, Real Madrid is playing a team that is in relegation zone. So... You're definitely not gonna say, "Oh, they're gonna play great," you know, because even the last time we played Alaves, uh, we won seven one. But that's not all to it. We were losing one nil on ha- at halftime, so all seven goals were scored in the second half. So we struggled a lot for forty five minutes, and yeah, I mean, I I don't know, like, you know, I I just weird i didn't expect this sub uh sure i i mean olga olga wasn't really doing anything notable i agree she had she tried two long shots i think that's that's i think about it from what she did that's you know um direct um but yeah she had a couple of good link ups with naikari on the left flank uh but Aside from that, yeah, I mean, I don't agree or disagree with the sub, honestly. Uh, when I saw Svevek coming on, uh, because, uh, I got kind of used to it that um, it would be for a striker. So I was just expecting, oh, it's going to be a Stator Naikari out, you know, it's just same old, same old. But it, actually, it was a position for position. So, yeah, but it didn't make sense to change formation anyway. So, um yeah, <laughs> it's just me getting used to it. And about what I said about, you know, the game being messy and the team, you know, um, naturally being messy. I also want to add on to this uh, thing which happened in the 46 minutes with Anna Miren. And, um, well, Misa not catching it well. You know, she just dropped it in front of Anna Miren and luckily um, nothing came out of it. Uh, so, I mean, Nisa made cup, quite a few mistakes, you know, a couple of uh, weird ones, not really, um, not really like Misa, you know, <laughs> especially with the, her sweeper-keeper mom- moments, which she does, and she, does, uh, she did a few of these in this game. But, yeah, I just wanted to say, I mean, this wasn't her, <laughs> yeah, this wasn't a good game by her, but also everyone made mistakes in this game, and I think, um, I think that, um, they were led to make, to do these mistakes and they like everyone I think if I thought about it I could uh, list at, at least one mistake per uh, every player that was that stepped uh, her foot on the pitch and you know this this is a game where you could make mistakes and I mean we were 2-0 already and half at halftime so uh 
but about the sub later on <laughs> when I just because the squad list for the next game is already out at the time we're recording this and we see that Olga is not in it so it might something might have happened in the first half with Olga and we don't know that maybe a knock or something but yeah just adding on to that uh but yeah, there was also one thing in 59th minute, uh, which you didn't mention. I forgot who sent it in. Maybe it was a step from the side. I'm not sure. But Sveva was in front of the goal, uh, in front of Alaves's goal. <laughs> and she almost latched out to the uh, onto the ball. But, you know, the def their defender uh, got there in time and blocked it. And I think he, uh, I think uh, Sveva frees there for just a fraction of a second as well because you know the ball landed right there and um, yeah it, it was weird but I mean if she, if she acted on time it would have definitely been in if she was right there in front so if she got it it would be uh, Sveva's goal and yeah about the third goal I mean it was clean I think. Um, this third goal, uh, it was quick. I mentioned it in the past few uh, podcasts, and I'll probably keep uh, mentioning it, that I love these clean actions, and it all started from um, from a goal kick. Uh, she just, Misa, uh, shot it into, onto the, uh, well, yeah, to the halfway line. It was right to the center of the pitch, and basically just played through Esther, to Atenea and uh, Atenea to Esther again. It was a great pass by Esther to Atenea, by the way. So, um, and she got the goal she deserved. She was also uh, doing a lot in the game as well. She made few crosses earlier on as well. Uh, not very good ones, but you know, she was trying. So she was doing a lot and yeah, that goal, um, that goal was came as a reward. Okay, so following that goal in the 61st minute, we make two more changes in the 65th minute. Athenea and Caroline Weir come off and Lucia and Sandy Toletti are on. And I feel like it's good. I, I would have liked to see a lot more of Lucia, but in a back three, if it's not if it's not something, uh, if it's not in a wing back position, she's not going to start as a right center back. So it's it's a tricky position. But when we play back four, I would like to see a lot more of Lucia. I've said that before multiple times. The opportunities and the minutes for Lucia have been very restricted, uh, which are hindering with her progress. I would say, but yeah, I mean that is something. That is something that is out of our hands it's it's up to the manager to decide who plays and who does not so so yeah i mean that is out of our control and beyond that like i think the only significant action that happens from that point on until uh the 80th minute mark is <laughs> it's a big it's a big event obviously it's it's alave scoring a goal and this is where it comes uh handy what I mentioned earlier about their interesting corner routines so this time around Alaves get a corner in the 79th minute and doing things differently in the way like they did on the first one in the in the one that we discussed in the first half where they crowded the space 
uh, at the far post and the uh, and between the end of the six yard box this time they were crowding the near post and there were players making peeling runs and the delivery was also targeted towards the near post so there was chaos at near post and there were players that were ready to attack the ball so they went on to attack and one of them managed to glance put a glancing header and it was in at first like when i saw the goal live i thought it was an olympico but then there was a slight touch uh, that i noticed on the on the replay and with the celebration i noticed that it is probably not an uh, not an olympico but uh, somebody got a touch and it was a glancing header good header but the peeling movement there by by the by the players of uh, of the opposition was really good and it made it even difficult for us who are not great at keeping track of this to uh, try and come up with something and try to keep them uh, try to keep track of them so so yeah another goal that we have conceded that has come from the corner not surprised at at this point anymore there needs to be work done we have said that but alaves were also smart with the way they with the way they utilize these uh, set pieces then in the 80th minute we make uh, a substitution we bring on moler for ester and i think it is a good time to like discuss the performance of both of our strikers and and the front three i would include where in it as well so the thing with the back three when whenever we play this is that we can have one of the strikers like drift wide to provide support in the wide areas we can have one of them drop deep really deep and provide a passing option when trying to progress the ball if if we are being out outmatched there or anything of that sort if we are lacking options in midfield and being outnumbered in midfield one of them can drop off they can act like a wall in order to play a quick one two with them with their back to goals and while still having another player as a potential target inside the box and ready to make that sort of run inside the box so that is what it is like it is uh, playing a back 3 in uh, uh, always brings a lot of positives a lot of ways in which we can hurt the opposition and that is uh, always a good thing i guess so yeah i mean i'll i'll hand it over to you and like take your thoughts on everything basically from alaves's goal to our substitutions to anything else you have to add until the 80th minute mark and even you can take us forward from there because i don't think like there is much that happened in this game and every small nuance i think that i was able to notice i have mentioned it so yeah just take it away from here and uh, express your thoughts on everything that has happened so far and everything that happens towards the end of the game as well i guess uh the the goal was definitely not surprising <laughs> you said it and we'll probably keep on saying it because uh well until it gets fixed and i hope it will be soon uh but <laughs> aside from the corners uh i also noticed us being terrible in throw-ins again um and i mean our own throw-ins um have been complaining about it and then i have actually complimented our throw-ins for the past i don't know two or three matches and i said okay let's see how this develops but you know this game proved to me that it did not develop uh still throw-ins very bad very bad uh but yeah i mean <laughs> that goal was replayed like three times 
and I still couldn't see who was the one who touched it. Like I could not. It it's not. It wasn't a problem in identifying the number on the back. It was a problem in identifying who touched it last. So it's a weird goal. Uh, but yeah, it's the, the thing you mentioned in their early corner in the first half, they did it again and they actually succeeded. Uh, we haven't we haven't learned from the first corner. Uh, and then we conceded. So no clean sheet. Um. Yeah, what a shame. <laughs> but yeah, it is what it is. I just, I just really hope um, this corner situation gets better soon. Because as soon as you think it gets better, the next game you see that it didn't get better. So the same with Froins. Just gonna see that. And yeah, so moving on from, you know, those two things, <laughs> pro-ins and corners. Um, yeah, so you mentioned uh, our two strikers, and we said how it was something to look forward to, to see how Esther and Aikari uh, will perform together again after starting uh, for the first time since last season. I, I, th I, think, I think this game reminded us why they don't start together or why didn't don't play together much because usually it would be on you know, like 10 to 15 minutes maximum um when one gets subbed on and they play together for a little while until the other one gets subbed off again and stuff and so the thing is um uh, we you know everyone like we have mentioned that everyone has mentioned the uh, naikari's growth this season and I think that came from her uh, not playing with a natural striker because she's usually playing uh, alone, you know. she Yeah, sure, with Weir, uh, but, you know, Weir is not a striker. <laughs> uh, so I'm saying, like, someone like Esther or Mila. So she hasn't played it and um, Esther hasn't either, uh, even though... I still don't count Fella in there as well either. And yeah, so you said, you know, one one of the strikers uh, would get that deeper and wider role and one would be kind of a box striker, right? And the problem is that they both like to um, run around. <laughs> you know, they both love to um, go deep and go wide and they both have their um own things that they do when they do that you know the they do it a bit differently and so th that's a problem when you put both of them together right because one has to stay there and one has to be like the box striker right and uh no matter no matter which uh, which one gets one role and the other gets the other role it's it's always gonna look bad on one side so it's not <laughs> weird um Esther did great in the game there she uh yeah like I said she tried a few crosses uh which none of them ended well actually but yeah uh, <laughs> who cares she did great side passes and she gave that ball to Atenea to for to let her assist uh to let her assist her in the third goal so yeah just tells you a lot about Esther's performance um 
And about Naikari, uh, well, she was a box striker, so that was a problem. Uh, she's not a box striker, um, and yeah, she had a few chances. I mean, you mentioned that Heather attempt uh, from a free kick and landed, uh, you know, bounced off the crossbar. Bad luck, <laughs> but uh, you said to well, I can drag this to the end so i'm just gonna mention it a bit you know not really <laughs> in order but sure uh, in 91st minute she takes a long shot naikari like takes a long shot instead of like passing it to esfeve on the side uh that's just the last minute attempt i think just um yeah, she could have passed it if she wanted the real chance, but just went went over just wide, uh, went just wide. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it happens when they play together. You know, one stands out and one kind of drowns, you know, in the shadow. So it's also if the roles were reversed, it would be the same. So the, I I think this is why they don't start together anymore. Uh, but it was uh, interesting to be reminded of it. <laughs> it was interesting to be reminded of it because um when they do play together it's usually in the uh, some big games for like 10 15 minutes like i mentioned and they're usually very careful on what they do so you know uh, it's not this situation what i just said that one is being drowned uh because they're both being careful and you know they're playing for a little while anyway uh and you know Mila are coming on in the 80th minute for Esther uh well i just want to note a few things about mila here because um uh, you know she got 10 minutes um and you can't really <laughs> usually see much from it but i saw her associating really well uh she was mostly on the left flank and uh you know she was covering it well i i saw i saw her associating well <laughs> with the midfield uh or wanting to actually but yeah, I noted down one interesting thing, like in 83rd minute, uh, she was on the left flank, like right on the side, and she passed it into the middle, like that middle, uh, where Toletti was. So that that pass would by the speed and trajectory was intended for Toletti, and it would have come to Toletti, but Toletti just kind of swooshes it aside and lets it pass to Maite who was right behind um Toletti there. Uh it the ball doesn't arrive to Maite because it's you know not uh, fast enough so it gets intercepted on uh, on its way to Maite. But you know Toletti hasn't played since last year's and Mila doesn't play much. Uh so I can see the confusion between the two. <laughs> um but yeah I, Aside from this, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have any complaints. Uh, it's not really a complaint to um, Mila either. I saw the intention and she did well. So she also saved a few uh, balls from the throw-in. Honestly, as many balls saved from the throw-ins, the better for the universe. I don't like seeing those throw-ins. <laughs> and in 89th minute, uh, actually, this this is a <clears throat> this is a funny thing that I noted, but I also want to uh, say something about it. Uh, in 89th minute, I saw the ball hitting the bus, our bus that was. Well, you could see it 
you know, on the on the TV, you could see it. It was behind um, our goal, our goal that was in the second half. And and actually, even because uh, number their number number eleven was about to take a cross and Sveva uh, blocked it. Uh, it was a pretty neat tackle as well. So that's what I wanted to talk about. Um, but yeah, uh, the ball hit the <laughs> hit the bus because I was watching it with my friends then, and they mentioned, "Oh, how funny it would be if the ball hit the bus," and then it did. So yeah, uh, you're welcome for mentioning this. Um, there's one more detail uh, in 92nd or 91st minute, 92nd, I think. Claudia Florentino comes in for Ivana. Do I do I get that? Do I get the substitution? Uh, not really. I mean, you don't have to really waste time. Um, but sure, I think that's just to give Florentino caps, maybe. Um, was like minutes or two that she stayed on the pitch um so yeah we got a florentino cameo i guess and yeah there was one more thing and uh, the very last minute 93rd minute so sveve comes in from the left side uh enters the lfs box and just there passes to toletti who was right on the side of the well nearest post uh she shoots it and uh, she hits the post the po uh, that ball bounces off the post to their well to their defender who was i think well who had mila just in front of her so if it didn't bounce off the defender uh, mila would have got it so uh but the ball just touched the defender and the goalkeeper was uh, able to catch the ball just on the goal line yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the end of the game. And yeah, you can take your further thoughts on, uh, I think, he, on this last minute chance as well, because I know you have it in your notes as well. If you have something to say and or not, maybe we can move on. Yeah, so I don't really have anything particular to add. You, I think you have covered every uh, event that happened beyond that point just 90 plus in the 90 plus third minute like toilet hits the post and everything like i think nothing like very interesting happens that i didn't notice the fact that it hit our bus and stuff so that was really uh funny for me but yeah apart from that i don't have anything else to add i think that should probably conclude this pod it wasn't a very interesting game it was a pretty straightforward win for us we did not manage to keep the clean sheet thanks to our deficiencies in defending corners and set pieces. But yeah, it is what it is. Next up, we face Athletic Club. Big game. And uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the decision for the Copa de la Arena is out. And Barcelona are officially, I think, out of the tournament. Uh, am, I, am I wrong in saying that? Uh, Barcelona and Sevilla are out of Copa del Arena officially and the draw for the next round is on February 3rd and instead of Sevilla and Barcelona it's Osasuna and Villarreal. So yeah, a very realistic shot at a, at a trophy now that we have. We don't have Champions League coming up, we don't have anything else in the league. Uh, we have to just make sure we try to finish in, in the second position. 
and apart from that like we have a realistic shot at a trophy now that should be all our focus to get our first big trophy as as real madrid we will see what happens we'll see who we draw first of all uh, when the draw happens on february the 3rd but yeah apart from that nothing else to add we'll be back again to break down uh, athletic club the the athletic club game and sorry for the delay in this one it will probably be going out uh, just before maybe when the game is about to kick off uh, so sorry for that but yeah until next time ala madrid ala madrid